I'm not a smart man, Jenny, but I know what love is. Welcome in to the Bro for Squad podcast, where we're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and talking movies. This is episode 99, our 2020 Golden Globes breakdown, and we're just as drunk as Renee Zellweger, if not more. I am your host, the Mayor Jeff Warnasek. Before we get started, we of course have to introduce the enforcer in the paint, Matt Geiger, the award show guy on the pod, I have to say, like banners score guy. You're the award show guy. So before we dive into it tonight, Matt, if you were at the Golden Globes this year, who would you want at your table? Like if you could pick any two or three or even four people. Probably pick uh, Tarantino, definitely Selma Hayek. <laughs> And her tits could be there. That would take up <laughs> about three tables. Um, and then, I don't know, that little kid from um, the Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Rabbit. Dude, he was having fucking... a blast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's, like, so young that he doesn't even really care about politics or global warming. So it was kind of a breath of fresh air. I have to say I'm very excited that it's award season. However, the Golden Globes to me is, like, the Masters. It's the best one, but it's also the first one, which is kind of weird. Usually – in any type of sport, you know, you save the Super Bowl for the last, but this is my favorite one just because it is, it's Bro 4 Squad approved, really. I mean, they get drunk, they, we'll talk about Ricky Gervais here in a second, but this is my favorite one of all the award shows. Yeah, I agree. And it just has a different feel to it. It's not as, like, stuffy. and Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can relax a little bit more. All right, if you have not listened to our show before, if you have, you know that we start every episode off with the most important thing in any bro's life, and that is chess day. And our chess day today, we're just going to break down the Golden Globes. We have about five or six different categories. We're going to go through and talk about everything that we saw during the night. We're just going to give you the layman man's take, the bro's take, not the NYU film student, you know, critiquing the picks. We saw, I think, almost all these movies this year, uh, but more so what the actual night entailed. And uh, we'll just get it started, Matt, right off the bat with rating the host. So, of course, we have Ricky Gervais coming back for what he claims is his fifth and final time hosting the show. That was kind of like the theme of the night was he's like, I don't even, I think in jest, but I'm not sure. He's like, I don't even fucking want to be here. You guys all suck. <laughs> so I don't, I really don't care about offending you. Uh, I thought his monologue actually kind of bombed until he started emphasizing how little fuck he gave about any of those people there or their political messages. And then the crowd actually kind of, he won him over a little bit. What did you think? So I'll have to say this after I listened to his monologue, I think, three times a day. However, I went a little deeper. I listened to every single one of his monologues ever at the Golden Globes. And I'll have to agree with you. At the first, and which is a fucking ball to do, I'd recommend doing it. There's a lot of Mel Gibson stuff I kind of forgot about. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> any, anyway, I digress. But he started off really slow. Because I was looking at my wife, and I was like, he's going to murder everyone. And she's just like, this isn't too bad. But then he started to get going. Now, I can't confirm this, but I think this was his last time for his contract. Because I think he signed, like, a five-year contract. I Which, to was, me, is really weird. I've never even heard of that. Like, you sign a guy to a five-show special. However, the Golden Globes is different, though. And I do remember, I think Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did it, like, more than one year. After, like, three years in a row. So maybe that's right. However, I, I, I this is a separate conversation seeing who would do it besides him, but he was fucking fantastic tonight. And I'll tell you, man, the monotone of him just not giving a fuck and be like, this is too fucking long and everything like that, I think worked so well. Yeah. And so some of his jokes, I'll just talk. The best joke 
jokes of the night. One, I love that he railed on cats. Fucking you have that. to. I, I love the that Judy he, Dench joke when he was like, I can't say this. Like, and then I he's can't like, you know what? Fucking do this fucking joke. Uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio joke where he said, where he's making fun of movies being so long, and he said, we got a short clip from The Irishman that's 88 minutes. And after uh, the premiere of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Leo's date was too old for him, was fucking great. And then I love that he finally, this wasn't in his monologue, but it was kind of toward the end of the night that he uh, worked in a Weinstein joke. And yeah, Weinstein and Epstein, and whenever they did it, he's like, you did it, not me. He's your friend, not mine. Like, he, he'd always just push it back to him. His delivery, I think, is one of the best of all time. And then just some of the stuff he does, because he's just so British and drunk, just some of the stuff, he, he doesn't even say so. Like, if I said it, it wouldn't even be funny, but... The way his timing is fucking impeccable, and I thought he was on his A game tonight. I kind of could have used more of him, but he's such yeah, a strong I, drug. That- I had I had written down he really like the middle third of the show. I don't think you saw him at all. Yeah, but I I would I would say he's not marijuana where you can just take. A, he's almost like fucking heroin where it's like, dude, you take like a couple needles a day. You you don't need like ten of them because once he comes in, he comes in so hard. So I. You know, you left me wanting more, so I guess that was good. But I give him an A plus, man. He did fucking fantastic. And one, one more point before I throw it back to you, I think this is perfect because this isn't a. We don't care about politics. We don't give a fuck. But now we are all aware that Hollywood is more left leaning. But Gervais, I think, brings in more conservative viewers to it because they see. And if he doesn't, he just wants to be contrarian to the celebrities. Right. But there's more like conservative people. Like I was talking to it about work at this morning. A bunch of people like I don't watch that shit. I was talking about what Gervais said, and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm going to watch this on YouTube now because they thought that was funny." So I think it really brings a balance to this award show, unlike the Oscars or something that might be like more left leaning if you're talking politics. Uh, Banner, who's force ghosting in Brian Banner, can't be with us tonight. He said he actually liked his pseudo roast at the beginning of it. I think that's why the audience was a little skeptical. By the audience, I mean, like, the actors there. Because they were like, are you just going to roast us? They're obviously not fans of getting roasted. And then when he made it seem like, I don't fucking care anymore. They were like, (laughs) all right, that's kind of endearing. I'd written down one of my favorite jokes of his during the night. I thought it was a fun recurring theme that they kept making fun of how old the Hollywood Foreign Press was. Yeah, that was great, too. And he had a joke where he goes, as you know, tonight the meal was all vegetables, as are all the members of the Hollywood (laughs) Foreign Press. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then right after uh, that he introduced i think a guy from the hollywood foreign press who was like 85 years old it's like it's so fucking true and he made some the guy tried to make like a dig at ricky gervais he's just not as good at it he's like what was the joke uh, that- this was your last year can we get that in writing was his joke such an old guy joke right yeah for sure the way he delivered though i thought was pretty funny i like yeah. i like him he was short to the point which i love he's just like i know you guys don't want to listen to me but hey i i created this so i want to say a few words which is i think he's fine to do honestly yeah absolutely all right our next category um some of these are positive a lot are negative just because it's more fun to talk about most annoying celebrity of the night i have three and the first one i don't think you'll talk about so let me read this one real quick Ansel Elgort, who was in Baby Driver and this year The Goldfinch, when he came out to introduce Best Original Song, and he just thought he was so fucking hilarious because he sang the introduction to it, 
That was one of the most <laughs> cringeworthy moments I've ever seen on an award show. For someone who's supposed to be a performer, he's I was like, West Side, He's in the new West Side Story, too. I believe that's why he was singing it. Just be like, hey, I can sing. Come see this movie. I don't know, man. Uh, he was in The Goldfinch this year, which is like a pretty yeah. depressing movie. And he was really good in it. But what the fuck was that? I was like, do you think you're funny right now? This is so... I kind of forgot about that, actually. It was so bad. And it, like... It kind of gets buried under all the people that made bigger asses of themselves throughout the night. But that was something I was like, we can't let him go unpunished for this. So that was my first one. What's one you had? Uh, I'm going to pick, I mean, this is my favorite one, and I always pick this, but Michelle Williams, of course. Uh, like I said, talented and sexually transmitted. Just because she had sex with Heath doesn't mean that she's talented. But whenever she started talking, and about 10 minutes in, I look at, to my wife, I'm like, is she talking about abortion right now? Or is she like... But that's what she was like hitting about, like my body, my rules. I'm just like, I would rather hear about who to vote for than any of this stuff. Not that I have an opinion on it. I'm just like, where the hell does this come from? I've never heard of this. And why aren't you talking about your show that you're doing? But she does that every fucking year. And it gets so tired that I, I almost come to expect it now and we can just make fun of it. But every time she is just mentioned for an award, I roll my eyes because I'm like, oh, we get a fucking preaching lesson for Michelle Williams now. Well, also, she should not have won that award. I think Nicole Kidman for Big Little Eyes was way better. Um, but when, she had a quote when she went up there, Michelle Williams, that just makes no sense to me. She goes, when you give someone an award like this, you're not only recognizing their performance as an actor, you're recognizing them and their views as a person. And I was so like, true. no, nope. we're not at all. Like, if I... <laughs> If I get like an employee of the month award, they're giving me that because I was a good employee that month. They're not giving me that because of like how I voted in the last election. Those things could not be more different. And that that to me is where, again, whether I agree with your views or not, like the sense of entitlement that some of these people have here and some people get it. A lot of them do get it. It's like the I think the few that are the loudest and the most annoying. But she's one who's like, dude, you got an award because of your acting. That doesn't mean that we want you to go up there and like bang us over the head with whatever your political views are for 10 minutes. When they're talking about climate control and all of them flew their jets here and fucking are just drinking like millions of dollars or Merlot the whole time. Like some of that money could go to research, I guess. Like you could just have Andre instead of Merlot. But, you know, who am I? I don't know. Um, yeah. So one other one that I had, I mean, do you want to talk about Patricia Arquette now or in speeches? I don't have her as worst speech, but okay. so we can just hers, talk about hers it was pretty bad. She won for uh, was it the gift, which is actually a really interesting story about the mom who like faked that her daughter had all these illnesses, um, and she played the live action version of it. Joey King was her daughter, and she went up there, and I mean, she looked like she was drugged out of her mind. So I won't hold her too yeah. accountable, but basically said the one thing I do really feel bad about is there are like writers, producers, directors who work really hard on these shows. And when you do what Patricia Arquette did, you're, this is their one chance to get recognized and you're just making it not about them at all. Like, I don't think she mentioned anything about her show. No. Well, and also too is um, we'll get to Jason Momoa probably in a little bit, but dude, he's just, when I, when I see him on an award show or like on Ellen or something, he's the most likable fucking guy. So it makes me want to see his shit. Flip that Patricia Arquette. If she's in it, I just roll my eyes. I'm like, is she the, fucking chick that just goes on and on about stupid shit like no i don't want to fucking see that because i don't like her but like if you're more likable it maybe makes me gravitate more to your stuff but to your point jeff there are hard-ass working people that make these movies go the writers the directors the people behind the screen supporting actors everything like that and 
you're making that all about you and just like she's the one that went political. So if you're for the blue, you're pushing all the people away from the red, but you're like, Hey man, if we got all these people see our movie, maybe I'd get recognized more and be bigger in Hollywood, but you're making it all about you. It's just the selfish entitled shit that why we love Ricky Gervais so much to call him out on it. But most of the speeches, I say 80% of the speeches and the people in there were fucking awesome. It's just, we're just talking about the three bad ones right now. Banner said, <clears throat> we'll talk about him a little bit later. He said, Joaquin Phoenix did not want to be there and he really didn't want to win because he knew he would have to give a speech. He said Jennifer Aniston was hammered. Totally agree. Uh, why the fuck was Will Ferrell there and Jason Bateman's hair was weird? <laughs> I think I agree on all that. I think Will Ferrell's coming out with another movie. I'm not really sure. Jennifer I Aniston thought, was drunk. I actually I thought Will, that. the Will Ferrell Pierce Brosnan uh introduction i actually laughed pretty hard at it was funny it was fun um last thing i wrote for most annoying <clears throat> excuse me celebrity of the night tiffany haddish and it's probably best for the pot if i just leave it at that um our next category is most obvious win this is one that we were like okay that guy or they better win and thankfully they fucking did i have two the first one was chernobyl winning uh best mm -hmm. limited series this I've not heard a single bad thing about this. It's culturally relevant because it's based on a true story. And I think it had I know Stellan Skarsgård was up. I'm not sure if anyone else was up for an award. But basically, like this was like a five part mini series on HBO that just swept the world by storm. And in the limited series, like the competition's not as stiff. So I was glad that won because if it didn't, I was going to be like, dude, this is really not about the, the pulse of the people anymore because the other ones I hadn't even heard of. What do you have for uh, my most obvious win, and it's not a person or people, it's a thing, and that's the score to the Joker. I thought that was a fucking lock. Now, I haven't seen 1917. I'm sure it does have a good score, but that Joker score is going to be iconic for years to come. And, you know, check out our review on that. I kind of had some thoughts about the movie, good and bad. Digress on that. The score is fucking great. And I think Banner will attest to that, too, who's our score guy of the pod. But I thought that was a lock, and I think it's going to be a lock at the Oscars, too. Yeah, I totally agree. And I love how when the, you win for best score and you go up there, like, they play the score. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it reminded me of how fucking creeped out I, and was a big reason why I was so creeped out in the theater watching that movie. And, you know, like, when they talk about, like, best foreign film or something, there's some people that are interested in that. Some people don't give a shit about the score, but after doing this podcast for going on three years and being around Brian Banner... I really care about the score, and I really like hearing people be like musicians talk about. I wanted this type of tone for this score. That really interests me now. So I, I really liked her going up. I, I'm sorry, I don't have her name in front of me, but she she gave a really good speech, actually. Yeah, I'll talk about her here in a second. But I I don't think I used to realize until I became such good friends with Banner how much the score impacts a movie. It's like so it's, it is so true. It's the one thing that'll stick with you years after seeing a movie more than like little plot points. Like if someone didn't play something like, is that from this movie? It's just no, I, still, I, I still don't listen to like the complete score of Pirates of the Caribbean at the gym like Banner does. I'm not to that point yet. I don't know if I ever will be, but I am a fan <laughs> of the score more yeah. than I used to be. Uh, Banner, I'm sorry, he also said Russell Crowe was his most annoying celebrity, but I thought his speech was fine. Um, Russell Crowe didn't give a speech. Well, he sent one in. He was in oh, Australia yeah. fighting okay, for yeah. fires. And, but the speech was basically just like, thank you, I'm here you know, fighting for my home. They had Jennifer Aniston read it too, and you could tell like, oh, I gotta read this? Like, I'm too fucked up to do this. I, I do remember that. Well, she already said like, good morning when it was like 9pm at night. 
Uh, most most obvious win for Banner, he has Tarantino or Brad Pitt. See, I actually was a little surprised at Tarantino's just because you and I, we can have this debate maybe a little bit later, but I thought the screenplay was the really like weakest part of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not saying it was weak, but I I mean, it was not really plot driven, but you well, did point yeah, out how plot dialogue driven, was. But the, the dialogue to it is better than probably any movie in the last five, six years. So sure. That that probably has taken more. I, I do see, though, there wasn't some huge fucking fight club type twist not seeing that coming where the plot, you know, thickens and everything like that. That's just not Tarantino's style. But, I mean, we can go back years, man. Hollywood Foreign Press, the Oscars, they love Tarantino's style. And anytime he does a movie, he's probably going to fucking win, even against Scorsese, which is going to be fun come Oscar time when it's going to be Martin Scorsese. Versus Tarantino and Todd Phillips and all that. And, and the new fucking dude, um, Sam, whatever, from uh, 1917. That'll be really fucking interesting. Yeah, uh, Sam Mendes. It, it has become kind of like a ch- uh, passing of the torch, changing of the guard type yeah. situation. All right. Uh, are you ready to move on to biggest surprise? Yes. All right. Biggest surprise of the night? I have a few. First one, and I thought this was an incredible speech when she introduced Ellen, but Kate McKinnon's a lesbian? I didn't know that either. I had no idea. But that was like really moving when she was up there talking. It's like, holy shit. And then Ellen walked up there. and you, I don't know if they didn't know who was going to introduce them or obviously what they were going to say, but Ellen like almost couldn't give her speech. She was like, yeah, holy fuck. Yeah, I'll get to that. Uh, when we do best speech, I'm going to get to the Ellen speech in detail. Um, one thing I was kind of surprised about, so Olivia Coleman won for playing Queen Elizabeth II in The Crown, and she's the same person who won an Oscar, I believe last year, for playing a queen in The Favorite, and that was the movie that I had to watch for our Oscar special, and it was, like, brutal. Drew the short straw Right. That one. <laughs> and I just, when she walked up there and won, I was like, is it is all she does? She's a great actress, but, like, is all she does play queens? I mean, you didn't really draw the short straw. Banner and I said we were not going to fucking watch it, and Cycle didn't answer the text back, so you just had to, pretty much. But he purposely didn't answer the fucking text. It was not a. I didn't see it, man. It five hours. Uh, I have a few others, but I'll toss the ball to you. Okay, so I have two. The first one, Taron Edgerton winning for uh, best actor in basically a non-drama comedy musical. That surprised me, especially with Leo Leo DiCaprio in there in a Tarantino film that later on won best film for a non-drama. But well-deserved. Check out a review on that. I was a huge fan of that, especially bashing Bohemian Rhapsody, because I don't think that band's talented. I just think Freddie Mercury's talented. But Elton John is fucking talented. And I also love that he won um, best best, um, song in a movie, too. Yeah, Which, that was cool. Fun fact, he said that's him and Bernie's first award. And that, me and my wife I, looked that at each could other. not be true. There's no it way. It is, Jeff, because that's how fucking great music was in the 70s. Music sucks now. Think about, I mean, he's going up against the Beatles, Rolling Stones, all that, all, all of that. So I could actually believe it. Actually, I started thinking bands in the 70s, Zeppelin, like all of those people. Anyway, Taron Edgerton winning was fucking awesome. I love how Elton John was there. You felt his presence. But it wasn't like the fucking Brian dude from Queen that made it try to seem like it was all about him. The second one is, I didn't know if I liked this, but as the night went on, I kind of started to love it. That the Irishman didn't win anything. I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> A three-hour movie that De Niro tried to keep pushing back, that Martin Scorsese, big Martin Scorsese fan. Is he past his day? I don't know. Irishman was fine. 
40 minutes, like, before the movie ended, I'm like, this should have ended an hour ago. Why are we still fucking here? Why am I still here? Why are the actors still here? The de-aging I thought was good. I didn't think it, I mean, it's not as good as Casino or Goodfellas or anything like that. Let's not fucking kid ourselves. It's a fine movie. Is it a top three movie of the year? Absolutely not. I don't think so. And I fucking well, love that these three were sitting front row and be like, hey, we're here. Just get the hardware. Like, those Brad Pitt and Leo, and, dude, dude, fucking backseat is 2012. Scorsese especially did not look like he was having a good time. Yeah, not at all. And that movie is just made to try and win awards. So when they show up, all three of them are there front row. They give them like the prime seat and they don't win jack shit. It's just like. <laughs> well, it's it's basically what's happening to Clint Eastwood. And I love Clint Eastwood. But man, when you're 82, you can't be kicking the shit out of 20 year olds. People just don't buy it anymore. I mean, they yeah. got to get different roles for these guys. They just can't play the hard street gangsters anymore. I mean, they're all like 60, 70 years old, man. You just can't fucking do it. However, I was kind of upset. Pesci came out of acting. I thought that he would win, but he didn't. But Pitt won, so I'm fine with that. But those are my two. Um, Taron I'm hoping that. I'm hoping that the Oscars doesn't do like a try and make good and like fucking bend over for these guys. But I'm worried it's going to happen. Usually, the Golden Globes follow the Oscars pretty well, like almost to a T. The only yeah, problem is is that the. If the Academy was still all those old guys that it was a few years ago, then I'd be a little bit more worried. Well, and we'll talk about this, but the only problem, the difference is, is that it's not uh, best actor in a non-drama. It's all the movies are lumped together. So Leo is going to go up against Joaquin Phoenix and, you know, everything. So that'll be different. But usually it kind of follows the same. Uh, Banner echoed what you said. His biggest surprise was Taron Edgerton. And he said Edgerton looked like he was going to cry every time they showed him, probably because he's come a long way since from Robin Hood yeah. to winning a Golden Globe. And I actually loved his speech where he thanked Matthew Vaughn, who cast him in Kingsman when he yep. was just a nobody. Like, no one knew yep. who the fuck he was. And obviously that's like what got him his big start. <clears throat> um, one other one I, I think we might talk about or may, may have mentioned, but Renee Zellweger winning for Judy. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but uh, the fact that she won a huge award like that, I mean, I think you and I both thought her best days were behind her, so it was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, my wife her. has. She said that she was fucking fantastic in it. As you yeah? Are. Well, you, you mentioned to me earlier today on the phone, she was, like, still going in and out of character. She was, and I, I don't have a problem with that. People can make fun of that, but, I mean, these, I mean the, that's their job, man. Uh, she was also really... high heavily medicated probably um i just think she's kind of a weird chick too i don't i don't know but i've never had a problem with her ever yeah uh all right our next category is oh we already did the biggest surprise award win we most disagree with so i'll go first here fleabag won a ton of awards and i've heard it's a good show i've seen a few episodes of season one but i just had an issue with it winning best series over comedic TV series over both Barry and the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I've seen more of than I care to admit. And it's pretty fucking good. Um, it's like about this comedian in like the 1960s. who's a woman and she's raunchy and men just can't handle that. But she like rags on men when she does her set. Zachary Levi's in it from Shazam a little bit. Uh, it's good. And I just, I know Fleabag's probably a good show, but I, I, Barry, I mean, in and of itself, I thought would have been the odds on favorite yeah. to win that. So I was a little maybe they viewed it as more of a drama. I'm not really sure what happened there. All right, so I, this this is going to be controversial, but hey, you know what else is new for me? Um, I've not seen this movie. 
and it's not because I'm lazy or I think it looks like shit. It's because it's not in fucking theaters yet. 1917 should not be winning all this stuff. Now, if it wins in the Oscars, that's fine. And my main problem is because I know this is an award for art and you know the actors and stuff, but it's also a, an award for the fans where the fans should cheer on their favorite TV shows or movies or actors and also boo the ones they didn't like. But no one's got a chance to see this movie. It's like the best kept secret because I know they dropped it in select theaters. I live in a big city. I probably could have found it. But I'm thinking of the people in small towns or in the Midwest that are like, yeah, I'm, I know it's a good plug for the movie going into the Oscars. But I don't think it's fair to the fans where they haven't even been able to see it to know, okay, is he better than Quentin Tarantino? Because he did a fantastic job and that dude won best director over Tarantino. It won best, um, best film uh, for a drama. But no one's seen it, and I, I don't think that's fair to the fans that, you know, if they do see it, and hell, if I see it, I'll probably be rooting for this movie too, but it should have came out before, or they just should have said, hey, this movie hasn't been out long enough for this account, but it counts in the Oscars, or something like that, or just not give it an award. Have it up, but don't give it to it. I don't know what you guys feel about this, because I haven't really stressed this, but I just felt that the whole night. I'm like, I don't know what to feel about this film, because I can't even watch it. Well, and they pushed it back too. Like, Cycli had it in our 2019 pre- preview show for the year yeah. as his most anticipated movie, and it got pushed. Its wide release was moved back. Okay, I will make a quick point here. Then, then why isn't just Mercy in any of these categories? Haven't seen that film yet with Michael B. Jordan and Jamie Fox. Looks like a fantastic film, probably Oscar worthy. Why isn't that one in there? It's 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 only in select theaters too till January 10th. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was playing at Cinemark right now. I don't think so. I could be wrong. But that, I, maybe it just... That movie, it's tough when you come out. Um, I mean, 1917 just came out. It's yeah, not even just, technically out, I don't think. You're right. Just Mercy is not playing at AMC right now. Yeah, it's on January 10th. I'm almost positive I saw that. But, I mean, that movie looks like... I mean, Michael B. Jordan could get a Best Actor. Jamie Foxx could get a Best Supporting Actor. And it could be up for Best Film. But that's not in the Golden Globes. Why not if 1917 is? Yep. Either have I agree. both of them in or both of them out. It's weird. And I, whatever their rules are, they probably, I don't fucking know. Um, I can't find Banner's notes on that one. I don't know if we sent them over. All right. Worst speech. We kind of did this already, right? Uh, uh, no, because I have. I, I mean, we talked about some worst. My, I'm going to pick my worst speech. And it wasn't the worst speech of the night, but it's the worst speech considered who gave it to him because I, I expected more. But Tom Hanks' speech. It was, I know he, he got emotional, which that was fine, but he almost went on like the old man in the room and, you know, the kids are just rolling their eyes and playing on their iPhones. Do you think that just, it wasn't too long. It was just that some of his stories, I'm just like, where is he going? It didn't, yeah, it didn't seem like he knew where he wanted to go with it. I, and I don't know. He said he had a cold. I don't know if he more had the flu. And trust me, when I, when I'm sick, I'm not at my best either. I just thought he would come more prepared, and I thought he'd give a really good speech. We'll talk about best speech in a little bit, but, I mean, I thought he would do way better than he did. And Charlize Theron didn't really kick it off very well. Of course, she tried to make it about her um, because (laughs) that's what Charlize Theron does. But I thought Tom Hanks would do a lot better, so I'm going to give him worse speeches because I expected way more from him. Man, come on. You're Tom fucking Hanks. And you're going to come out with some story that didn't have a point at the end. He did that like two or three times. And I know, yeah, with Charlize Theron, I know he cast her in her first movie. But, like, dude, this is Tom fucking Hanks, man. There's got to be someone with a better tie to him. I, I know. Than, get than her. To introduce him. 
I guess they just want to tie was... her in because she's in Bombshell, but I, I don't Well, I think that, like, the reason she probably had to mention the stuff about her is because I was sitting there wondering, like, why the fuck is she introducing I him? almost forgot about that. Yeah, that does make sense. I But what was Sally Field doing? She would have been perfect. Yeah, I mean, there's other people. Maybe she doesn't like to go to this shit anymore. I wouldn't blame her. Um, Charlie Theron, as it's such, like... I mean, I think we're about the same. We're probably younger than Charlie Theron, but she brought up what Tom Hanks movie she bring up? Splash, Splash. I mean, I love Splash, but Splash of all of them, Saving Private Ryan, Green Mile, Forrest Gump. But At least she had like a story. Splash, Castaway. But she had a cool story for it. Um, but yeah, it is. I mean, it, it was like before he got he got like white hot. In yeah, the 80s, I, late nineties. Uh, mine is just retreading it. Joaquin Phoenix's. The only reason that I didn't really like his was he feels like when he goes up there and talks, I almost wish he would give us something annoying, like some viewpoint that he has, because he feels like he's doing us a favor to get up there and talk. And I'm like, trust me, dude, you're a great actor, but no one wants to hear this two minute speech right now. And then he like gets a little bit of confidence and he gets going. And then they're, they how they must have had the music to play him off going for like thirty seconds. And he it kept... was him and Renee Zellweger. Uh, Renee couldn't hear it because she was on another planet, but I think Joaquin could. Joaquin makes me nervous, like the nerdy kid at your school that wears a trench coat. Nervous every time he gets up and talks. He, yeah, I just was like, I, I wish that we could just make an exception. Everyone agrees, both teams, like, hey, man, you can just take the award, shake hands. We don't need to say anything. Mark You're my word, one. he is not winning Best Actor at the Oscars. Not because he doesn't deserve it. You know, that's different. But I, I don't think the Oscars are going to let him on stage. I really don't. I don't think they will, that'll let, they will let that happen on their It'll watch. be like a Jackson Maine situation. Yeah, they just won't do it. <laughs> All right, uh, just some positive. The best yeah. speech. I'll go with Banners. Mine is the same as his, but I'll add something a little different after him. He said Ellen's. Uh, he said yeah. she did a good job of being grateful and receiving it, but also made sure she kept it about other people. Uh, and it was one of the funnier speeches. She went on and just riffed for like five minutes towards the end. And it was going nowhere, but it was fucking hilarious. And it was just perfect Ellen, where she has this platform, but she knows it's bigger than her. Yep. And she knows that the reason she's receiving it is just because of the impact she's had on other people's lives. And she didn't feel the need to gloat or anything. It was like a partial stand-up set and then just her being thankful. So I'll, I'll like, say one other thing about Ellen, um, that speech. First off, it got kicked off fucking perfectly because Kate McKinnon did a fucking fantastic job introducing yeah. That's how you intertwine something that happened in your life that was actually not all about you. It's like talking about Ellen. But Ellen's face during that is why Ellen is so fucking great because she almost started crying like, I had no idea I meant that much to people. Meryl Streep would be shaking her head like, you're damn right I mean that much to people. I know all this. Yes, just keep talking. That's why I love Ellen so much. She is very humble. And like you said, her fucking timing where she'll talk about something serious and then just lay a fucking joke on you, you'll be like about to cry and then be like laughing hysterically. Dude, she was like in the middle of getting really emotional and then she goes, I couldn't have done any of this without my husband, Mark. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious, too. And Portia de Rossi is like, what? <laughs> it was gorgeous, by the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, seriously. Way to, way to steal one from us, Ellen. Like, yeah, you didn't have to take the MVP. Come on, take, like, a role player. Yeah, her speech was just perfect. And when you do shit like that, people, that's so crazy. Like, people are like, no, stay up there. Keep talking. Yeah. Like, she had the whole room in the palm of her hand. She oh could have done whatever she, whatever she wanted with us. I love how Elton was there, too. He was kind of cheering her on, you know, because they're both LBGTQ. It was it was great. It was fucking awesome. 
And uh, that's not an award. The Carol Burnett Award, that's not one they give out every year, right? Uh, yeah, because it just started last year. Uh, Carol oh, okay. Burnett was the first recipient. So Ellen's the second one, which is pretty fucking cool, actually. That's awesome. And I'm glad Carol Burnett's still alive and kicking. Yeah. What a badass. She looks, she looks great. She does. Uh, one other one I really want to mention for best speech. So Bong Joon-ho, who did the movie Snowpiercer, and then, of course, this year, Parasite, which is on my list. It won Best Foreign Film. I've heard it is a mindfuck and has an awesome twist at the end. He had an awesome quote about uh, foreign language films. His quote was, and this was said through a South Korean translator, but it, it still hit me. He goes, once you overcome the one-inch barrier that is subtitles, you'll be introduced to so many amazing films. And I was like, damn. That's like the least pretentious way to pitch a foreign film to me. Like, just get over the fucking one inch at the bottom of the screen and maybe you'll like the movie. If you don't, that's fine, but at least you check it out. So Parasite is definitely on my list to go watch soon. And when I heard that quote, I was just like, all right, man, good job. Uh, Do you want to move on to fashion or do you have anything else? I got to give my best speech, man. No, I thought you just did. No, I mean, I I tagged on the Ellen a little bit. There's no surprise of mine. It's got to be fucking Brad Pitt's. Brad Pitt's speech was quote of the night, right? Uh, Quote of the night. Probably. I loved how everyone always thinks everyone that they were up against. Brad Pitt did it in such a Brad Pitt way that Brad Pitt comes off as really nice and cool, but it's not fake at all. I really believe everything Brad Pitt said. He, he toasts Anthony Hopkins a little bit, which I fucking love from meet Joe black. Um, He finally said something about Leo that I always felt that every Leo film, he always gets shafted for best actor, but everyone around him wins. And that's like saying like, you led the league in three pointers, but you're playing with fucking LeBron. So he's getting double or triple team. And Brad Pitt finally tipped his cap. He's like, the reason everyone wins on your film is because you're such a great fucking actor and basically make us better, which I fucking loved. And then he gave the Titanic line, which is like one of the best lines of the night. The and then th- followed it up with the line about why he uh, doesn't bring his mom to award yeah. shows. He's like, because every time I do, the people say I'm dating her just because I'm standing next to her in photos. And the closing thing, and I think this is where Hollywood gets mixed up because they just can't see the forest through the trees but brad pitt didn't give a political speech didn't give anything at the end he just said hey tomorrow be nice to someone because i think we need that right now that is what if you want to give something of yourself it's that is great i fucking love that and i actually took that today i'm just like dude i'm gonna be nice to a couple people that i would maybe not even say anything to that was like that's from brad pitt that's from fucking brad pitt it wasn't Get out and vote, but only vote for the people I want you to. You know, let's let's take over the establishment. Let's do this. It was just that fucking simple. And he is Cliff Booth to a fucking T, and I thought he gave a great speech. Short, simple, I, to the point. Fantastic. Totally agree. That was like one of the last ones of the night too, right? Yeah. Which Probably was a great way to end. Yeah. Gervais was getting very restless by that time. <laughs> like, let's go, guys. Come on. I swear there's only two more. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, Banner, I don't care. Week. He kept saying that. What? I don't He's care. He's your friend. He's not mine. Banner cited Aquafina's speech too, which I thought was really good. Fantastic. I'm I'm glad she won for the farewell. I think you and the wife would really like it. It was one of my probably top five movies of the whole year, and her quote was great. She said, "This award is awesome. If I ever fall on hard times, I can sell it." Yeah, she was really funny. I loved her in Crazy Rich Asians, so I'll definitely check that out for sure. She's got dramatic chops that I didn't know she had. And the movie is super relatable. Uh, the woman who plays her grandma was there in the stands. Uh, I saw her at, the, at her table, which was really cool. All right, you ready to move on to what the people really want to hear us bros talk about, and that's the fashion? Yeah. 
All right, so we call this Who the Fuck Are You Wearing? So uh, we're going to give you the drunk bro's opinion of who uh, hit it off well and who was not dressed well. Let's do the the good ones first because I think they're shorter. I call this the, ooh, where can I find that category? First off, well, that, I, I was going to say first one, first off, and I combined them and it sounded like I had a Brooklyn accent. It did. Uh, Carrie Washington. I mean, damn. Did you see her outfit? Yeah. yeah. God, that was incredible. <laughs> it was. It was like, holy shit, she's hot. Since yeah. you uh, since you came out with one, maybe I can outdo you. What about Selma Hayek's little number that she fucking had on? Yeah, I, I, this is where I like. I have to be careful. Like, let's just say it was. It looked very nice. <laughs> My God. So that, and a weird thing too, she was like up on stage longer than any of the other presenters, right? Didn't they do like two or three awards? Well, the person beside her kept giving her two cents the whole fucking oh, night. And, yeah, and she yeah. kind of had to like calm her down on one of the effective speeches that she wasn't even a part of. But if you're Tiffany Haddish, read the room. Look who's next to you. We we don't want to hear you talk. Yeah, I mean, we don't really need to hear Selma talk either. We can be silent. It's fine. But you know. Um, another one I had was Sienna Miller. I really liked her dress. It was like that green one. Just thought it fucked. Yep. I mean, it was it was super classy. And then I actually liked uh, Pierce Brosnan's get up with like the. I know some people might hate it, but it was like a really really dark like navy blue. Yep. It almost looked like a Kevlar vest. Mm-hmm. His facial hair needs some fucking work. We'll talk about that later. He looks like a. He's gonna be checking out plantations to buy over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> like a perspective. I'm, I'm hoping that's for a role, but yeah. I do too, but I don't know, man. They could do anything with prosthetic facial hair. That's why I never yeah. got the the Justice League situation. But So those are the positive ones I had. Did you have anybody that I missed? I thought ScarJo looked fantastic. I thought oh. she looked more like ScarJo. I think the last couple of years, she's just either had her hair, I, she had her hair kind of short, but too short or not blonde, or she didn't wear like dresses. Or, I thought she looked fantastic. And the last one, you want the bros take, I'm going to give you the bros take. If you're wearing the fucking tank top to the Golden Globes, Jason Momoa, yes, dude. Fucking yes. And you know why he's wearing a tank top, Jeff? Because he fucking can. Because he's the biggest, baddest motherfucker in the room. And if he hasn't gotten every single piece of pussy in the world to want him, when they ask him, why'd you have a tank top on? He's like, well, I had a jacket, but my wife was cold, so I gave it to her. I'm like, oh, okay. Dude, fuck you, man. Come on. And whenever he was up there presenting and he's by Pierce Brosnan's son, that just looks like a picture of evolution before before and after someone found the gym, pretty much. Yeah, before I bought a Bowflex and then six years later. Six years later. But I love fucking Momoa. And he's awesome because he's just so excited to be there because he's like, dude, I was this kid from Hawaii and Iowa and I never thought I'd fucking be here and I'm just going to enjoy every single minute of it. I, fuck, I, I love him so much. Yeah, I... Uh... He did. Luckily, he didn't wear the tank top up on stage. But they cut to him one time at his table. I was like, "Dude, what the yeah, fuck are you wearing?" Because I didn't know he had a jacket at the time. I was like, "If yeah, he just he wore have a that, jacket. yeah." Because when he's up on stage, it was before he had the tank top. Then he went and presented, and he had the jacket. So he probably told his wife, "Hey, I don't think I can go up there with the tank top." People are already tweeting about it. She's like, "Okay, well, I guess I'll just freeze here." <laughs> I guess you will, babe. Yeah. God, it was awesome. Not my fault you didn't bring a fucking coat. And he uh, presented with what would that be? His daughter-in-law or daughter? Right? Or stepdaughter. It was Zoe Kravitz, I'm pretty sure. Was who he presented. Was that? Oh, that's uh-huh. interesting. Pretty sure. Pick up on that. 
Uh, Banner said Reese Witherspoon was his best dress. Yeah, I thought she looked oh, really yeah. good. She looked great. And she just looked great, period. Like, she does not look a day over. Nicole like, Kimmon looked great. She, she was... Dude, they cut to Michelle Pfeiffer real quick, and she's getting younger. Whatever. It's, like, freaking me out. She's, like, ageless. Good for her. Great for her. All right, let, next part is called What Blind Hobo Dressed You? Uh, again, I had Momoa on here, but I take that one back because he did actually have a jacket. No. Uh, no. Kate Blanchett. I thought she actually had a really good speech about Australia, and I love her, but she looked less ridiculous as Hella than she did last night. I mean, all the chains all over. I was like, what, what, are, we, what are we doing here? Um, one guy I had to take a dig at, Ewan McGregor. The white shoes, I love you, bro, but like the Jedi Council does not disapprove. It's, <laughs> it's treason, man. It's treason, man. <laughs> I don't know who he presented. I was about to execute Order 66 on this one. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That's pretty fucking good. When was he went up there, I don't know. After, he's like, I gotta, I gotta go pick up some spares after this. So, you know. Gonna... We're actually in between frames. We're in between frames! Because he has to yell everything. Gwyneth Paltrow, I thought, looked like a starfish in lingerie. And my fiance. I kind of dug hers. My wife didn't like that either, but I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it. It was pretty fucking trashy. And then uh, Dakota Fanning looked like she stole her dress from her nine-year-old younger sister. She looked like an adult yeah. who like is having like a midlife crisis and is like, "I'm a I'm a little kid now." I was like, "What? Who? That's not yours. There's no way that's yours." What did you have? And then I'll go to Banners. So uh, the Golden Globes was on January fifth. And for all you Bible thump- non-Bible thumpers out there, that is a couple days after December 25th, which is Christmas. So we don't need to dress as a present with a big bow on it. J-Lo, I understand that you're not a very good actress, and this is probably your only time for the rest of your life if you're ever going to invite to an award show. But she could have like taken off one of the bows. I don't mind a bow, but I mean, fucking A Rod couldn't even get in the fucking photo on some of them because her bows were. Dude, so big. I've seen smaller bows on those Lexuses that people yeah. buy. And then also Beyonce's dress. For one, why is Beyonce there? There's Lion no other. King. She was nominated for Lion King. Okay, I take that back then. But her dress was fucking hideous. And there was a couple times like she wouldn't stand in a plot. I'm like, cause she can't. She literally can't stand in that dress. <laughs> they wheeled Did her Jay-Z? in a wheelchair up there. JC's hair was so messed up, and they cut to one time, and he was like pouring a bunch of people champagne. I was like, he's just trying to get blacked out right now. Her award's over. She didn't win. Now he's got to hear about it for the rest of the night, and they both look like idiots. She's like Elton John. Like, seriously, what has he done? I'm like, uh, everything. I know, baby. <laughs> uh, actually, he did all the music to that fucking movie that you did that was a remake. But I did Spirit, an original for Lion King. Right, because when we go see Lion King, what do we want? A song not from the movie. Yeah, for sure. Banner Those are my put, two. The, men, the men's are kind of hard to get, you know, other than the shoes and stuff, because they all kind of fucking dress the same. So for Momoa, wearing a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> um, Banner put Renee Zellweger, and now that I think about it, I actually can't remember her outfit. I, I do. It's just pretty much a tight blue dress. She was really skinny. Banner's just trying to destroy her. Banner, she's dead and buried. Leave her alone. But that was for a role, though. She had to get that skinny because Judy Garland was, like, anorexic, I think, at the end. I thought she looked great. I mean, clearly she's had, like, way too many facelifts. And it's Jeff, like... you're the problem. Oh. <laughs> Should I tell her she looks worse? I feel like yeah, that's... tell her to eat more. <laughs> it's dangerous. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I just have a few closing thoughts here. Was there anything that, that you want to say before I, I wrap it up with these? Anything we left out? I don't think so. I think we basically covered it fucking minute to minute. 
Um, all right. These are two really quick ones. I'm glad Laura Dern won for Marriage Story. Did you see Marriage Story? I need to. I'm actually wanting to see that because a lot of people are saying just because it's Tarantino shouldn't mean that it's beating this movie. I heard that it is really fucking powerful. It's so good, dude. And it tells it like you love everything. It tells it from both sides. Yep. It's got enough moments. She is Scarlett Johansson's like ruthless divorce attorney who can turn it on and just like charm the fuck out of anybody when she needs to. Classic Laura Dern style. And she's going up against Ray Liotta in the movie, who's Adam Drivers, oh, and they okay. have they have some awesome back and forth. But I was glad she won. She's had an awesome year, man. Marriage Story, yep. Little Women, she was really good in. It's like the Laura Dern Assance. She just like seems like one of the cooler people in Hollywood. Uh, and then the Sasha Baron Cohen line where he roasted <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Had to bring it up. He's like, this next film is about a young, ambitious boy spreading Nazi propaganda. His name is Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> It was weird because I had to rewind that because it caught me off guard because I was the fourth person that went up there to talk about their movie. So I'm like, oh, Sasha Baron Cohen. I didn't know he was even going to say anything like that funny and controversial. It was <laughs> you great. know, when they were figuring out like who wanted to present what, he's like, I have an awesome one if you can let me do Jojo Rabbit. Like, what? why are – like, I don't know what he has against Zuckerberg, I guess. But, I mean, I'm not a fan of his, but Zuckerberg just, that he, is, but – he probably was just like, this is a fucking hilarious joke, and it'll probably piss Mark Zuckerberg off, so everyone wins. All right, that does it for our chess day, our uh, 2020, and I believe the 77th annual Golden Globes are, uh, I guess, a, a broke down, like a bro breakdown. That moves us to the second part of our show, our protein shake, where we go around and talk about what is in our cup, also known as what have we watched lately? I have a pretty light one this week because High School Musical, the musical, the series, season one, episode nine, I watched. Um, Banner is the only person I get to talk about it with on the pod because, Geiger, I don't know, you don't have any taste for class and you don't watch the show. No, I don't really watch it, so you have to talk about it, I guess. But the only thing I'll say is that Ricky's mom is a whore. That's all I'll leave you with for that. Um, I also watched You, Season 2 on Netflix. Cycli and I did a review on this. If you watch this show, you have got to check out our review. We have some theories at the end that wh whoever listening, I need your input on and your feedback. And this is the show that's been like sweeping the nation, basically. It's like Dexter 2.0. Um, I'm obsessed with it. I can't wait for Season 3. It makes me contemplate, and again, if you're in the FBI listening to this, don't come to my house, but... Could a person get away with murder? We'll never know, will we? OJ did. Oh, allegedly. allegedly. I'm on. actually really, uh, I think I'm going to start that show soon. I want to see Marriage Story first, but. Check them both out. They're very different. <laughs> one other one I watched was, uh, you might remember this movie, Instant Family with Rose Byrne and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, it's awesome, actually. Yeah, I loved it. Gave it a four and a half out of five on Letterboxd. Feel good movie. It's realistic. When you get Mark Wahlberg in a setting where he can be a little comedic, I think you get his best effort is what I'm starting to realize because he was hustling in this one and he was great. And the whole like support group of the other parents who are wanting to take in foster kids was pretty funny dynamic. Like yeah. the one chick who's looking for a division one athlete and she ends up with like a five, four redheaded kid and she's super pissed. I remember that. Are any of them famous actors? Um, kind of B-list celebrities. Yeah, who's the chick who won an, an Oscar for The Help? She's in it. She's one, She's like the one who works at the foster home. Okay. I can't remember her name. But I thought it was really good. 
And it was a movie that kind of slipped through the cracks for me from from 2018. So I was glad I got to revisit it. Uh, last one I watched on Disney Plus was the Disney Channel original movie Johnny Tsunami. And Cycli and I did a movie commentary on this coming very soon. Basically, this movie is just nostalgia porn because everything cool that I remember about the 90s is embodied here. The fucking urchins are so cool. Lee Thompson Young, who's Jet Jackson, rest in peace. What about the urchins? Oh. Something called like the skies versus the urchins. The and the urchins have. Do you remember? The, you remember the hats they would wear that looked like dreadlocks? Yeah, that was awesome. So fucking cool, dude. Uh, we, Cycling, I spent about twenty minutes trying to buy one of those on Amazon during the <laughs> commentary. Um, dude, it's just. It's not a great movie, but it's just so nostalgic and it holds up. Kristen Storm's so hot in it, Xenon. And it was we two were... brothers, right? And they split the hill in two because one of them liked to snowboard and one of them liked to ski and they didn't, they and didn't like each other. They opened separate ski shops and cycling. And I are like, you sell basically all the same shit except the boards. Yeah, I don't like, get Everything else is the same. The goggles, the fucking the ski equipment, the helmets, like all of it. And at the end, they... I don't, want to, I don't want to spoil Johnny Tsunami, but something happens with them. Uh, and then Johnny Tsunami's grandpa is Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. Yes, he and is. of course, that causes the commentary to really go off the rails. They made a sequel to this movie, which we found out came out in 2007, where they go sandboarding, meaning they go to a desert and they board down like dunes, which I don't even think is a thing, but you know that... Disney was like, we need, let's take Johnny, right? He's mastered snow. Same he's actor. mastered surf. Yeah, everybody's back. Jet Jackson, was he dead by then? I believe he had passed away, yeah. Wow. But it, that one's also on Disney+. Plus. So if the people want it, <laughs> we'll give it to you. I'm going to pre-watch it, say 0. 0.5 out of 5 stars. <laughs> yes. It's my pre-watch. I think that one's called Johnny Capahala Back on Board. Because Johnny Tsunami is actually his grandfather's name, if you remember right from the movie. Yep. So that's all I watched this week. How about you, Matt? So me and the wife went and saw Bombshell for a couple of reasons. One, I thought it looked really good. It has a bunch of actresses that I fucking love in it. Two, I thought it was going to get some Golden Globe love, but it didn't. I think Charlize Theron was up for Best Actress, but that was it last night. Very, very good, though. John Lithgow is fucking great in this. I thought he should have been up for something, too. He was fantastic. I hate reading a bunch of the shit about it. It's like, well, it's, you know, left-wing Hollywood attacking the rights. Why don't they do a movie about Harvey Weinstein? I don't get involved in any of that. Don't watch politics. Don't care. I thought it was a very good story. Actually, I don't watch politics so much, Jeff. I don't even remember this fucking happening. I Googled and YouTube so much stories about this. I remember Megyn Kelly... I like Megyn Kelly because I think that she's hot, but other than that, I didn't know if she was right-leaning or left-leaning, but I knew that she left Fox, and I didn't really know why. Now I do. I didn't even know any of the sexual harassment shit was going on. I guess it's the same way how we like sports, and when Happy Valley happened with uh, Pacino, like when I watched it, I'm like, I remember everything about this, watching it on ESPN. I'm guessing that's the same way for someone that's political watching this, but it was fantastically done. It was really fucking well done. The only thing that I didn't like about it was Charlize Theron. Her 
accent for Megan Kelly was just off. It was weird. So I don't remember sound... Megan Kelly having an accent. So that's it really... does, well, she doesn't really, but she doesn't sound like Charlize Theron. She does have kind of, I guess, a deeper voice for a woman, but the way she does it just doesn't sound like her at all. I, it sounds like something I just couldn't put my finger on it, but I was very surprised she's up for Best Actress because I thought she was about the worst part of the movie. Nicole Kidman, great. Charlize Theron's good. I just didn't like her accent. Margot Robbie's fucking fantastic in it, too. How much of it is Margot Robbie in? Because I was worried she would be, like, heavily featured in the trailers. And she's really just, like, a plot device, right? More than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's a big part of this. I would say... Because she's, like, the new hot... Like, she's the youngest one of the three, right? she's a real person. Like, I don't think her character was actually real at Fox News. But it's also... Kate McKinnon's in it. She's fucking great. She's like Margot Robbie's friend and co-worker. But I think Margot Robbie and Nicole Kidman share about the same amount of screen time. And then, of course, uh, I think Lithgow and um, Theron get pretty much all of it. But very good movie. The second thing I watched on Netflix, which I'm going to talk the boys into maybe doing a commentary on, is Free Willy. I haven't watched this movie. I remember going Free to Willy. this in theaters. It came out. And I remember uh, my theater had movie posters outside. And I still remember his hand up in the air. From the and the whale jumping whale over him. It. And as a kid, I'm like, that could happen. Why wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, over a uh, fucking like rock or a mountain or whatever. And how the fuck would the whale be able to see the kid from in the water? It makes almost too much sense, actually. Why am I trying yeah. to talk us out of this? But uh, Jesse is the kid's name, and he's an orphan. And then two uh, a family takes him in, uh, this young family. And he's just like, I fucking hate my life. I was an orphan. Now I'm living right on the ocean in Seattle, and I have an ocean view in my room. And these that sucks. And love me like fuck life. Like, and the Mariners life. were like the best team in baseball then too, dude. Get over yourself. And uh, his the guy he's working for has is loves the Seattle Supersonics, which brought me back to being like, dude, why isn't that team there anymore? God damn it! Their colors, what... their uniforms are fucking perfect. And that's but, on Netflix right now. It's on Netflix right now. As we it's, when you texted us that you were watching this, it didn't sound like we needed much convincing to do a movie no. commentary on Free Willy. It's actually, and it's not. Like, it's not Air Buddy, where I'm like, this is the cheesiest piece of shit. I mean, it's not that bad, actually. No, I mean, I remember they made, like, two or three, and I think I saw all those, too. And then... The second one, I remember having it on VHS. I'd like to go rewatch that again, too. I wonder if that's any good. I'm assuming the, the same kid came back, right? Like, I he wasn't so. doing anything else? Oh, well, and I'm, I think Willie, like, had a son, you know, a legitimate son. He didn't know anything about, but... I think that's the whale number three. Dude, sure. these you know how these orcas are? Like they find out you're famous and all of a sudden they're trying to get knocked up. Fucking right? all the all the whales want me, you know? And what am I supposed to do? Say no? Sperm whales, bro. That's what they are. <laughs> Free Willy, what a call. What year did Free Willy come out, the first one? Probably I would say like ninety four. And Michael Jackson did the song for it and I'm almost positive. Damn. It was that a pretty good song it. too. Is it a banger? Uh, it's more of a slow, kind of chill R&B song. I don't remember what it's called. It's Dude, that's a fucking song. get for Free Willy. Was Free Willy like Warner Brothers? Yep. Damn. Back when they were on King of the Hill. All right, to end our show, uh, Banner's not here to introduce it, but it is our Do You Even Lift Bra segment, where typically in the past we have found a fan question from on the internet, but... Uh, the place we used to get them from, I'll just suffice it to say, canceled all of their shows. So it's a little bit more difficult now. So now, uh, do you, you have lift questions? Bro- tweet at us. We'd be happy to answer them. Please do. We'll give you the biggest of all shout outs at Bro4Squad on Twitter. Email us, bro4squad at gmail.com. Today, we will ask a question that we want to leave with. 
Um, I think this could actually open up a whole door of possibilities for us doing this segment this way. Question tonight, Matt, and myself, I guess. Do you think 1917 will repeat as Best Picture at, at the Oscars? Obviously, it won at, gold, at the Golden Globes. And will Edgerton and or Phoenix repeat as well? Now, you mentioned the Golden Globes a lot of times usually serve as like a precursor for who has a lot of the yeah. Oscar buzz or the heat because the Hollywood Foreign Press traditionally are made up of kind of the same demographics of people voting on these movies. So obviously 1917 won, Edgerton and Phoenix. How do you like their three chances at the Oscars? So February? Edgerton and Phoenix are going to go up against each other because it's just best actor uh, in a motion picture. And Sorry, real quick. Have they announced Oscar noms yet? I don't believe so, but... Does these it ever happen... Much- Someone has won a globe and not be, even been nominated uh, for an not Oscar? Ne- no, I, I hardly ever that happens. It'll be Edgerton, it'll be Leo, and it'll be Joaquin Phoenix. Now, I think Leo's going to win just because he's he's a Hollywood kid. He did fantastic, and he already broke through with The Revenant, and it's his time. I think Taron Edgerton should win. There's no fucking way Joaquin Phoenix will win because the Oscars are way too buttoned up to let that maniac have a live mic for like five minutes. That's <laughs> just not going to happen. Joaquin Phoenix did a fantastic job. Uh, Bale got been... nominated for Ford vs. Ferrari, right? Maybe he's got an outside shot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it didn't get any love other than that. And that's the only one I've not seen yet. Um, I'd like to, though. But Joaquin Phoenix is not going to win. Um, just because they're not going to, they're not going to give him a live mic. They might not even invite him. Like, did your no. yeah, he did out. a great job. He didn't play Joker, but he did a great job of whatever role he was playing. I think Leo's going to win. I think Taron Edgerton should win. He was a surprise. That movie just wasn't getting as much love as Bohemian Rhapsody. Why? I have no fucking idea. Why not? Because Rocket Man was fantastic, and Taron Edgerton was Elton John. I think he should win. But if I had to pick someone, Vegas bet, I'm going to give it Leo. 1917 will win. Best um, best film though of the year, simply because it's not even out yet, and now everyone's going to go see it. That's the biggest fucking marketing campaign you can have is having cleaning up at the Golden Globes on a movie that's not even widely released yet. Everyone's going to go fucking see that movie in the next three weeks, and I'm guessing it's good. It's got all the recipes yeah. for being good. It's a World that's War. That's the weird thing. This is just like a. There's just like a super commercial for your movie, right? Yeah. I think it will picture. Win. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the new has worn off so much. It came out in August, and I don't think anything else will even come close to it. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing once I see Marriage Story, I'm probably going to be a fan for that. But I think 1917 will win. It just has all the ingredients to win. Yeah, I think Marriage Story, it's got a, it's, it's to me, seems more built for the Oscars than the Golden Globes. A, a Driver was nominated here. Do you know if he's nominated for the Oscar as well for Marriage Story? He was nominated there. I don't think Oscar noms have come out yet. I haven't heard oh, anything okay. about him anyway. I haven't either. Typically, I'm sure it's like, he will though. They're smart to wait till after the Globes to release yeah. him. Just that way, you get basically a whole extra week of mm-hmm. hype you can build up yourself. All right, for our enforcer in the paint, Matt Geiger, the Force Ghost, Brian Banner, who's the mad scientist. I'm the Mayor Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro Force Squad Podcast. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Please follow us on Twitter at Bro Force Squad. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. If you type in Bro Force Squad as three separate words, you'll find us there. You can also type those same three words into letterbox.com to find us. And check out all of our content on our website, Bro Force Squad. 
Dot-com and at the very top there's a link to a survey if you fill that out for us and let us know what you like Or maybe what we could change about the show. We will give you a shout out on our next episode till next time Matt and I have to go out and troll the red carpet And Epstein didn't kill himself. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. Long live Ricky Gervais He's just gonna come back forever. No one else. I mean, it's not like cool to host anymore. No one wants to fucking do it. No He had some line about like old tweets or something Yeah, I can't remember. There's something about Kevin Hart. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs>